This episode is brought to you in part by Palm Beach Atlantic University's fully online Certificate in Cultural Apologetics program. Learn how to show the reasonableness and desirability of the gospel from leading Christian philosophers. For more information, go to pbaapologetics.com. From Christianity Today, this is The Art of Pastoring. I'm Jared Wilson. And I'm Ronnie Martin. Guide me, O Thou Great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. Ronnie Martin, how are you, brother? Hey, man, what's going on, Jertsy? <laughs> it's been a little while. We've been on a, a little break. A little bit of a hiatus, I know. It, it's been different for us. We were, we were dropping these apps pretty consistently once a week, and there was a little bit of a break. And then we had a conversation with CT, who sponsors the pod, and they kind of they kind of filled us in a little bit to what they were thinking with how we did this. You want to tell everybody kind of what the, what the format is for us? Yeah, well, they're thinking you know this would be a, a seasonal podcast, so we've yeah. had people who've missed us, which is nice. Super nice. I, I get messages. You get messages. Yeah, we see things on social media. People saying, "Hey, where's the the next episode? Where's the Absolutely. latest podcast? Are are you guys done?" And no, we're not done. We've taken just a little break, so we're going to do a couple episodes here that will come out. But then the idea is CT envisions this as kind of a seasonal thing. So there'll be season one and then a break and then season two. So probably coming back in the fall for the official second season. Right. Yes. Yeah, I think so. So it, it, so this this allows us, I think, just to focus a little bit more on on what we're doing Probably make it so that we're we're not you know losing our minds recording too, too many podcasts. <laughs> well, and absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Absolutely. So once yeah. the next season comes out, if we just dropped round the clock, people would get sick of us. If you can imagine that, people would. Yeah, get sick it's hard of to us. imagine, but uh, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> and we also do. Um, I don't know. We like we do other stuff in our lives. We have other podcasts. We have other things we're <laughs> working on and. Writing and sure. I don't know. I don't know what we do. I don't I, know what. Well, I I don't. This is it, man. I live for this. I this get is up. It. Yeah. I think if I'm not recording with Ronnie, what am I gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna do with my day? All you can hope is that this becomes the full time gig. I understand. I get Ooh, it. that would you be know? nice. We would really have to up our social media game to get the promotion. We would have to up a right. lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of things would have to be upped. Yes. Well, and we're talking about social media today. That's our subject du jour. Yeah. Yeah, how social media relates to ministry, how ministry leaders, pastors should be thinking about using their own social media, about their own people on social media. Oh, but I thought we might would start with just kind of giving some of our own history with social media, yeah. just kind of our own personal backstory. Where have you been in, in relation to these different streams, these different platforms? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I always like to say I, I feel like I was a little late to the game. I certainly was late to the Facebook, Twitter game for sure. I remember my wife was, you know, she was, she'd been on Facebook and she's like, you need to get on this. And I'm like, ah, I don't, why? I don't know. I was like one of those guys, you know. <laughs> And then uh, she finally kind of got me in on it. So I, I came into it so late and then Twitter really late. And so it's been a while now, you know, it's going on a, a decade with these things now, but it was like all of my peers had been on it for a long time by the time I jumped on. And I don't even remember what the hesitation was other than I just don't think I understood it. 
And I maybe still don't understand it, if we're being honest. (laughs) Man, I started, so really my first my first dive into all of this was MySpace. Yeah, me too. If we're getting back down to the roots of it. So because I, you know, I did music and I was an artist and all those things. So I it was a way that like, you know, the label I worked with at the time, Tooth and Nail Record, you know, you had to have a MySpace page and that was one of the ways you pushed your your new albums and your tours and your releases. And so, man, MySpace was kind of everything for mm. a, a while. I, I, fr- I, I don't remember I how loved long it lasted, MySpace and, and was awesome. Fact, yeah. yeah, and I was a late adopter to Facebook because I loved MySpace so much. And when all my friends, when they eventually opened it up, because Facebook originally was just college students. That's I, right. I don't know if, if even a lot of users know that. But in the beginning, you, you had to have an EDU email address to oh, be I able didn't know to, that. Okay. Yeah, to be on there. Wow. Yeah, and if you watch the movie, The, the Social Network, they yeah. kind of give the history of like how they're opening it up in different campuses. It was very smart because they made it like the it thing to have. And they started with very key campuses, Harvard and Yale and Ivy right, League stuff. That's right. And then it was like, right. oh, Baylor's got it. And oh, now, you know, we have it at Texas Tech. And, and that became <laughs> a deal. So in the beginning, like I was too old for it. Now the state of Facebook is, I, I think someday I'll be old enough for it. <laughs> <because> <laughs> it used to be for just the kids. Now it's just for grandma and granddad. I th- yeah, it's, it's I grandma, think. granddad, and like geriatric millennials, right? That's, that, right. that's what Facebook yeah, Geriatric millennials. Yeah, so I, I barely use it, but I remember when it, when it first came about, it even seemed too busy for me then. Now it especially seems really busy. I, I, oh, I much man. prefer Twitter. But I loved MySpace because like you could play a song. You know, you had a song as part of your profile. And totally. People, you know, the youngins don't understand that. But when you pulled up somebody's page, they would have picked a song that would just automatically start playing. And It was far uh, more like, it was more yeah. personalized than what we have Yeah. Now, you know, in a it, weird it way. It felt like a scrapbook kind it of did. Yes. locker, like the inside of your locker, you know, yes. where you put your pictures and yeah, it, it, it just was a different, different vibe. So yeah. I was late to Facebook, late to Instagram. Mm. I think I was pretty early. The only thing I was fairly early on, I wasn't there at the beginning, but I joined onto Twitter probably the quickest in terms of when things began. Okay. And and still Twitter is my favorite stream because I think it's because I, it's become more complicated, but it's just so streamlined and I can kind of just kind of curate what I want to see. And, yeah, you know, you have just a certain amount of space and there's not all these bells and whistles. And I know they're trying to add things. I don't know. They're like photos, uh, like fleets. Have you heard of that? Yeah, that didn't seem, did that really take off though? I don't know. I don't know. Someone was just talking about the other day. I don't even really know what it is. It's like Instagram yeah. stories on Twitter or something like Dude, that. Dude, I love how gr- how grandpa we are right now. I don't know what that, that what's, <laughs> what's that fleet thing on the Twitter, you know? Yeah. Well, um, how has, you know, how have these things how do they integrate into your life now? Have they affected your life? How do you think about that? Like, what's your philosophy, Ronald J. Martin? What's your uh, philosophy of social media? Yeah, I mean, that's a really great question. I think that kind of gets us kind of focused on what we want to talk about with some of these things. Oh, have is, I been wasting your time up, no. up until now? Is that, <laughs> Jared, is that so your passive-aggressive way never, of saying, <laughs> can we get to the point? <laughs> I'm not passive-aggressive. I'm just straight-up aggressive. So there you go. Okay. About that. No, um, no, I've loved everything we've talked about up to now. Of course, Jared C. Um, <laughs> yeah, my philosophy is just, I, I really, so for tw- let's, let's key in on Twitter specifically. Uh, to me, like the way I receive Twitter is I enjoy just reading people's comments on things, getting their commentary on things. I actually learn 
this is where I get articles and stuff that I normally wouldn't seek out when people retweet articles. So it's really helpful for me. It's like educational for me in some ways. For me personally, I just look at it like kind of an encouragement, edifying kind of a tool. My philosophy with all social media is I don't argue. I have a no argument philosophy with social media where I'll clear the air on something. So sometimes if I phrase something, I was just sloppy or if it was wrong or if it was potentially hurtful and somebody calls me out on that, I'll go, oh, you know what? Yeah, I got you. It was just, it was a, it was a bad post or it wasn't, wasn't thoughtful enough. So sorry about that. I didn't mean that. But I, I don't want to get into a back and forth debate with anybody. So if, if I ever post something and somebody you can tell wants to get into it with me, like, <laughs> I, I just don't engage. I don't do it. Because I just, I, you just never see that really go to a place that ever becomes constructive. It seems like, I'm not saying it never does. Sometimes you see really good debate and constructive back and forth dialogue resolve itself in a really great way. I've seen that many times. I've seen it not, I've seen it happen more the opposite though. And so I just try not to, to make it a tool for debating an argument. And part of the reason for that is that I'm a really bad debater. I, I just, it's not a great, <laughs> it's not a great yeah. space for me. I'm not, it kind of dives into all this sort of like nerdy techie, like, oh, but then did you read what this person said? And that person said, I mean, if somebody wants to debate with me, let me just say right now, you're going to win. You're going to win the debate. So I, I would rather <laughs> okay. just not even. Good to know. I'll file that away. <laughs> I would rather just not even begin that process. So that's kind of my philosophy is keep it edifying and encouraging, avoid argumentation and debate. I don't think there's anything wrong with debate. That's just a personal thing for me. So that's kind of how, that's kind of how I view it. I think Instagram to me is fun and enjoyable. Yeah. It's just fun to see people's pictures, keep up with their lives that way. And Facebook, I would just be very, I'm very careful with Facebook, <laughs> but Facebook yeah. for me is how, is where I know the majority of my church is Facebook and Instagram. So yeah. when I post something on Facebook, I want it to be really edifying and not anything that could be misunderstood. Okay. So on Twitter, I'm I'm happy to be a little more vague or artistic at times. Facebook, I want it to just be crystal clear because I'm I'm always thinking of the congregation reading it. And I don't want don't want to put them at a disadvantage. So sure, that's sure. my that's where I go at at it ph- philosophically. How do you hit it? Yeah, well, I think I, I use it somewhat similarly to you. Facebook, I have the least amount of use for. Mm. I probably go on maybe once a day, maybe twice a day, just look at my notifications. I, I certainly am not scrolling and reading right. uh, all kinds of things. I kind of look at the the top two or three things that the algorithm is telling me that I that I need to see, <laughs> or I check messages, and, and yeah. I have an author page that I keep updated. But yeah, I've also curated that. It's not as frustrating an experience as it used to be. Because my personal account, I, I'm only friends with people I actually know. Okay. So I've done that on purpose to to keep that just within kind of friends and family. Gotcha. So sometimes I do say something a little more provocative than I might on Twitter or something there mm. because I, I at least I know it's people that I know mm. and I'm not going to get into a big flame war or people are going to freak out and willfully misunderstand that kind of thing. I use Instagram similarly to the way you do as well. And just in the sense that it's 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 for entertainment. It's just for fun. I do post things from around the house and friends and family and stuff. Yeah. But mainly I just am posting goof off stuff. I do memes and, and different things. And 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 I have a zero drama policy on on Instagram. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like the minute the minute somebody comments like in, in any way sideways, uh, <laughs> something critical, mean or are just overly serious. I'm like, that's it. I mean, I, <laughs> I ruthlessly delete comments on Instagram 
I was wondering what happened every time I got deleted on your Insta. Account, yeah, you know? I just want Instagram to kind of be the living room, you know, where we just kind of we're just kind of hanging out. It's it's a chill space, and and yeah, uh, yeah, and you can hang out if 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 you're a cool person, but if you're gonna you know be weird, you're you know you're not welcome in my living room. Twitter, I, I used to argue. I've been on Twitter a long time, mm. and in the early days, I would. Uh, assume people in good faith when they would criticize or something or ask questions were really open for dialogue. And, oh. and, and after a few years, you discover like, it's so rare, right? For anyone to say, you know what? I changed my mind about that <laughs> because of something I saw on Twitter or because of the, the conversation right. we're having. So I have in the last probably three years or so begun to use it like, like you do as well. I, it's, it's purely to try to edify I'll link to my writing, th- yeah. that sort of yeah. thing, you know, stuff for the school. Every now and then, if I have kind of a gut instinct that somebody is asking questions in good faith and not just trolling or being weird, yeah, uh, I'll, tr- I'll try to engage with them. But that's even that's very rare, mainly just because of time issues. I, you know, I just don't have yeah, time sure. to like yeah. be on, you know, Twitter arguing with people all day. I, I, I sometimes wonder how people have the time, particularly pastors who are on Twitter arguing with people all day. And I just think some of these guys that are like on it, it feels like they're on it 10 hours a day. Well, yeah. Well, and you can look at their stream and actually see the timing of their posts. And there's like, you know, within every hour there. And I'm just thinking you are literally on here all day. Yeah. You you have to be for sure up this, this pace. But yeah, you know, I just want to edify, put some thoughts out there. But my philosophy of Twitter is that it can be used any way you want. Right. Totally. I don't think there's any rule. You know, I you sure. know, I know guys who are like, I, I just follow sports accounts and I just talk about sports or totally. I just goof off. I use it, you know, to be humorous and, and be funny. I think that's fine. Ministry update. However you want to use it. I just think the only rules are the Christian rules for speech, right? The biblical rules for yeah. the tongue. Maybe let's talk about that for a little bit. Why do you think people, you know, so many Christians seem to like separate social media out from what they would normally agree is that's not how you talk to other people. If, if, if we were face to face, we wouldn't talk this way to each other because we know that the tongue is a fire because we know that our speech is to be seasoned with salt because we know we're to be gentle as part of the fruit of the spirit and patient. Um, So why do we just say, well, that doesn't really apply once I get on the internet. Yeah, man, I think that's such a great question. And I think actually seeing you post some really good kind of admonitions in that respect. When <laughs> okay. Well, when you see some guys getting, man, you know, some guys that you know are in vocational ministry and man, they're, they're posting things that are just, they're, they're a little surprising and shocking. They're not seasoned with salt. They're not keeping in step with the spirit. I've heard you, I've seen you post things that just said, Hey, you know, like, this falls in line with the qualifications of being an, an elder, you yeah. know, and how do you separate that? I mean, because, you know, typing with our thumbs is still, is still part of how we speak. It's still considered right. speech. And there is something about these platforms and it's, maybe it's because we're not face to face with people that, that I think brings up this idea of, or this, or this sort of this feeling that it's not really us, it's a persona and it's yeah. not really. So even if I'm typing something, it's not exactly coming from me. You're not exactly hearing the tone of my voice. We're not actually face to face. We're, you know, and you can mask it by defining it as, you know, rigorous debate or, you know, things of that nature. I just think people, they let their guards down in a way 
that I think some of the stuff that you just you just quoted a verse from James, and we, you know we've been preaching through that book, but and, and James goes after that, right? He's saying, hey, you guys are putting yourselves into a situation where, from the abundance of the heart, your mouth is speaking, and so this is a platform that just draws out a lot of the the concealed ugliness of our heart. And mm. because I'm not hearing the tone of your voice, I'm not looking at you in the eye. We're not sharing a meal. We're not hanging out. It just makes it that much easier for me to sort of slough it off and say, well, you know, we just, I, you know, I just engage in some lively debate, you know, on Twitter. It's like, yeah, but you're really not doing that because what you're doing is you're tearing away at the character a lot of times by your tone of a fellow image bearer. And like, that's not cool. Yeah, we shouldn't right. be doing that, right? Yeah, I I think you're what you just said in terms of remembering that we're image bearers is really key because I think what happens unconsciously or subconsciously is when we get online, we dehumanize the other person. So it's it, it's not just that I mm. adopt a kind of persona. When I'm on Twitter, I'm social media's Martin Luther or I'm social media's <laughs> you know Paul in Galatians, right? It's always it's always or I'm Jesus in the in the temple, you know. <laughs> It's, it's never Paul being gentle like the nursing mom. It's always Paul telling people to castrate themselves. That's who I am on Twitter. But not only am I putting on a persona, but I'm treating you as a persona as yes. well. So yes. we, we objectify others and we see them only as these sort of category things. You disagree with me. Therefore, you are a liberal or you're yeah, for a, sure. a Marxist or a progressive or you know whatever it is. And we create these labels and, and now we're just kind of hammering away at our at our idea of people and, and forgetting that there's actually a soul really on the good, receiving man. end of, of of what you're saying and 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 doing yeah i think that's that's such an important point because at the end of the day man every time you post something on twitter it's as jared c wilson it's nobody <laughs> right. else right i yeah. mean like however however we want to be sort of received or perceived at the end of the day, man, it is you like, like yeah. these, these posts are coming from an area in our hearts. That is, is true. It's altogether yeah. true. And man, I just think it's too easy for us to forget that. And you see a lot of people that just think that's, or, or just, they're not being reminded how, how applicable that, that biblical truth is even on social media. Right. This episode is brought to you by Church Law and Tax. Church Law and Tax understands the realities of church work, helping thousands of churches stay informed and get equipped with comprehensive resources on legal, tax, financial, and risk management matters. Do you have a question on housing allowance? Need information on selecting church insurance? Looking for insights on what is or isn't unrelated business income? Or how about some guidance on how to properly receive charitable contributions? churchlawandtax.com equips you for success with access to the most respected and knowledgeable attorneys, accountants, financial advisors, and risk managers guiding churches today. Get the practical information and timely coverage you need to keep your church up to date and lead your ministry with confidence. Join churchlawandtax.com today. I have this friend, he used to be a, a member of our church and He's since moved on to another church, but he's friends with some of these like caustic personalities oh, on, man. on social media. And and so he'll like see when they tear people like me or others apart. Yeah. And he feels sort of caught between. I remember him saying to me one time, like, 
gosh, you know, if you knew him in real life, he's not really like that. And I, and I just say, brother, he's really like that or else he wouldn't be. You know what I mean? It's not like you become a different person. I mean, you, you can, I guess, Jekyll comes out maybe when you get on social media. But that, but you're right. That's that's you. That's yeah. really you. Twitter is you, real life. That's right. You don't get to say because it's virtual or mediated through a screen that it's not me who's saying these things and it's not actually them who's these things are landing in their in their ears, right? And, yeah. And I just think, you know, the depersonalization of it. That's a good word. You know, contributes to so much. And I think recently, Russell Moore, who was moving on from his, his work at the ERLC to Christianity Today at our mothership here, in, in his little article about kind of the, the transition, he talked about the impact of all of the hatred that he has received. Yeah on his children and yeah, and one of his yeah. sons coming to him and, and 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 saying something like are you in trouble or are you a bad person or you know something like that because of what you know the, you know the trickle down effect of that yeah. like and dad I, is know, this are these things true dad i need to right. know it sounds like yeah, exactly. Was, uh, yeah yeah exactly and i think when when these people are just throwing these arrows out there they're not thinking of the person who's receiving them as a real person mm. with with real wounds and real fears and, and a real heart and with families yeah. and yeah. all those sorts of things. Isn't it interesting that, and I don't know if it hits you this way, I'm imagining it does, but isn't it interesting that I'm always so surprised when you see somebody engaging in like a good faith back and forth, like a good faith argument, even on, on yeah, Twitter, yeah. like when the, and, and, it's interesting to me that the amount of qualification somebody has to do and they say, hey, look, I'm really not trying to, to, to be, I'm asking this <laughs> right. in good faith. I'm not assuming, I'm not trying to trick you. I really just do want to know your opinion on this thing. I actually like what you just said. It's going to sound like by this question, I don't. And I promise yeah. you, I do. You know, and we have, man, we have to like, we have to do all these backflips into these things because it's just become so contentious. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because the other day I saw somebody say something like, Whenever somebody says, you know, prefaces their question with, you know, honest question or serious question, <laughs> I know that it's just a subterfuge to, you know, to be a troll or whatever. And I got to thinking, like, when I say that, I actually mean it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's it's and it's because I'm trying to diffuse what a lot of people sometimes hear, yeah. which is, is the same thing I hear is you have a constant barrage of people who aren't asking questions in good faith who are just trying to tear you down, who are just trying to troll you or or flame you or whatever. So when I say, honest question here, I'm actually saying, hey, okay, don't freak out. I, I may disagree, but I'm genuinely asking from a place of, you know, uh, uh, of, uh, yeah, of openness and, and, and curiosity that I really want to know how you might explain this or that, you know, thing. I'm not trying to get into a fist fight with you. And so, like, we can't even say honest question because of what this stuff has done to our yeah, language. Honest question means dishonest question. Exactly, exactly. Maybe we should just preface it with dishonest question. Maybe that'll right. flip it. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. Brother, how have you thought about, you know, the use of these things as, as a pastor, the way that you use social media? I think we can talk in a moment about how we think about our congregations using it, but... For right now, as as you approach, and I know you mentioned already just trying to edify and that sort of thing, yeah. but how has it impacted your own ministry or or how do you see it sort of as part of what you do or as part of your regular life as a minister? Yeah, I think, you know, it's so funny because, I, you know, it's had it's actually had a positive impact, I think, on, okay. on my local ministry, 
part of it is the philo- the philosophy that I have that man I, I only want to do something that doesn't stir things up but but that edifies so that that's par- I think that's part of it but it really has spurred on a lot of extra conversations and how that plays out in is you know I'll and I'm not just saying this this really happens you know I'll see people around our town let's say at a restaurant or you know you run into them for uh, you know at a coffee shop or what have you and it, it really is a conversation starter and it goes both ways. So I've had a lot of people in our congregation say, hey, um, man, I really like that article you reposted. I read that. That was really good. That was helpful for me because I've been thinking about that or I needed to hear that. Or, hey, I really like that encouragement you posted from, you know, the Psalms or whatever it was. And that meant I was going, I was having a hard day and that, you know, that reminder of the nearness of, of God and something of that nature that was really helpful to me. And so I think it's been really helpful. It's it helps us begin and further spiritual conversations, even with people that follow me in our town that aren't necessarily believers, but we we have friendships. I think it's just a great opportunity for that because you can always reference that and say, hey, that thing you posted. I think it really provides inner church and even like missional opportunities and open doors. And it, it's just, it happens to me over and over again. God, I think God's really used it in that way for sure. Yeah. When I was pastoring in Vermont, Twitter was a great encouragement to me because mm. I did not have around me a pastoral fraternity of any oh, kind man. or a, ne- a you know, yeah. network of any kind that was focused on the gospel. I mean, and, you know, I had pastor friends around and, and, and we were kind of, the way I described it was we were in the same book, but we're on different pages. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, to find someone who's on the same page as you yeah. is so comforting and helps you not feel alone. Totally. And and Twitter, the way I curated my Twitter, you know, experience back then was really helpful because I could find the guys who mm. were on the same page. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm not I'm not alone in this. I'm not I'm not a weirdo in thinking about these things. And and so it was just a great source of of encouragement to me if I treated it well and 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 was circumspect about the way I used it. And that sort of thing, and and then even today, you know, you know, I don't quite have that same issue, but I have tried to curate my stream. I don't follow anybody and everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I've tried to follow the people who speak things that are thought provoking to me, that are edifying to me, that are encouraging and helpful to me. Even people I I disagree with theologically or otherwise, yeah. I still want the the voices that are thoughtful, not mm-hmm. the ones who are crazy and 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 flame throwing. So I'll follow thoughtful people that I disagree with, yeah, um, absolutely, and, and and that sort of thing, and and so it can be these days you got to use the mute and and you know and block buttons a lot more than <laughs> than I think we did in the old days, but if you figure that out, you can actually create kind of a enjoyable experience. It it doesn't have to yeah. be a soul suck. <laughs> totally, <laughs> to, no, I totally agree. To, to be on there, let's talk about now our congregations using social media. Yeah, have you? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, are you a social media policeman? <laughs> are you scrolling your congregants' feeds to look for thought crimes and and oh, things like man. that? Man, yeah, I mean, it's in the job description, <laughs> right? I, I there's I have all the it time. Maybe now to, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> No, gosh, we, you know, it's so funny because with, with the craziness of the past year and, you know, my team, our elders, you know, we actually had some conversations about this and we came to the conclusion that, hey, it, we don't really feel like it's our job to police people, our congregation on social media. People have to be able to express the opinions they want on whatever it is that they want, politics or 
whatever it is, even if it sort of plunges them into some serious territory. I think what our radar is up for is the manner in which they are posting kind of like what we talked about earlier. So I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's my place, even as a person's pastor to say, Hey, you shouldn't have posted that political opinion. But I do think that if there is any sort of language or sort of spirit that falls out of line with the gospel and they're a member of the church, I think I can do it very graciously but I can also have a conversation with them and maybe even ask what's going on. Hey, you know, how are you doing okay? Because I yeah. I noticed that, man, you seem really angry and there's like a tone there. And man, I'd love to just hear what's going on in your life because maybe you're you're dealing with some stuff that I don't I don't know about and it's triggering some of these things. But I do think it's it's like anything else. If we if we see social media as something that is that flows from the heart ultimately, and it is speech then I think even pastorally, we're obligated, as much as God gives us eyes to see the things that we see, to kind of go after our congregation in a loving and gracious way. So I don't know, that's kind of how we've thought through it. I think that's really good. The distinction between the content, so to speak, right? The opinion and and the tone or the way that those things are expressed, I think is really, Mm. really important. And I think as a minister looking at what our people are posting, even if it's just incidental, right? I, yeah. you know, I probably would worry a little bit if we were just like meticulously scrolling through people's accounts, looking right. for things that we could, yeah. that seems a tad bit fair sale. <laughs> but if you're just on there and you're noticing yeah. things that are, that kind of rub you the wrong way, to me, the question would be, okay, is this just because I disagree with it? It's like, is this bothering me because I don't share this opinion right? or, or, or I think they're wrong, you know? Or does it bother me because it is somewhat inflammatory or it's ungracious or the manner in which they're delivering it is out of step with the biblical commandments on, on speech and, yeah, for um, sure. and, and how to treat others. And then I think the other thing to look for is, is this a pattern? Yeah. Right. Because yeah. everybody has a bad day. Absolutely. Uh, you know, everyone has trouble expressing themselves here and there. Everyone yeah. kind of loses their temper at some moment or just has a weak moment. So if you're just, if this is just kind of like an off, I'm not talking to somebody about yeah. you know, the one time I saw, but if it's just like an ongoing pattern, like they're looking for fights, they're trying to stir things up constantly. That's a spirit of division. That That's a spirit of yeah. you know, sometimes gossip, that sort of thing. That's good. Those are certainly yeah. worthy of, of addressing for the same reason, you know, for the same reason, you know, that we were just talking about in terms of you don't create a division between the virtual world and the real world when it comes to speech. You can't just say, well, it's yeah. just Facebook. You know, I don't see them talking like this in, in person or at the church or anything like that. Mm. Well, but it's still a public sphere. It still, you know, affects witness, you know, all those sorts of things. For sure. Yeah, that's good. I, I do think, though, I don't know what you think about this, but say somebody is talking about politics, mm. whether you agree or disagree, I think I'd go either way. But if, and, 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 and they're talking about it a lot in a passionate way. So they're not necessarily saying anything that would be sinful, let's put it that way, but they're just, maybe there's an idolatry being shown because because they just seem so heavily invested in that particular issue. Yeah. Is that something, I mean, I I think tread lightly because that could be true of anything. Man, this person, you know, posts about football a whole lot, you know, but For maybe sure. there's an idol kind of coming out that is worth having a conversation, not a, a rebuke. But just to say, hey, talk to me about this a, a little bit, because it, it seems like this is a preoccupation for you. And I just want to know like where your heart's at. Is, yeah. is that something a pastor could do? Or would that seem today like poking your nose where it doesn't belong? Yeah, man, I think that's such a great question. I 
man, it would take so much nuance, I think, the way you approach yeah. something like that. And I think if you have a relationship with somebody, you could you could do it easily, more easily than if you didn't. But yeah, yeah I, I do think that we want to make, there's a tension is what I'll say. And I think we don't want the tension to make us pull back too far or to, to kind of push us in too deep. And so we're never, you know, we're, we're going to always strive to get that tension right. But to be able to, I think the way you phrased it was really good. And, and we learned this through wisdom over the years, which is, hey, let's grab lunch. And, you know, during lunch, you say, hey, tell me, what have you been, what have you been posting lately on social media? And, you know, what's, what, what, are, what are your interests these days? And, hey, I've noticed that there, there's been a few posts like this. What have you been thinking with that? And this is, it's all in our approach, you know, to kind of get where somebody's head is at. And I, th- I think that there's, you know, the way we do it with wisdom and with care, as long as they feel that, I think that, yeah, I think, I think any way that we can invest in people's lives is, is probably usually a good thing. But. Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's that balance, right? Because again, I, I want to say, I don't think there's any rules in terms yeah. of how you use yeah, these yeah. things, you know, use it according to your interests and people may just be flippant and, 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 and whatever with it. But for those who are heavily engaged and on these things a lot, I just want to kind of put the question out there. Yeah. What kind of impression would some, if they peeked into this, what would they think is the most important thing to you? What would yeah. they think is your object, primary object of affection? What would they think your heart revolves around? I don't think that makes it sinful to always talk about sports or always talk about politics sure. or always talk about yeah. whatever. Well, the exception I would make is is that mainline marketing stuff, right? The oils and the <laughs> Tupperware and the makeup. Uh, if you're, that's sinful, don't don't talk about. No, I'm just kidding. But people who talk about one particular thing, they're just using that stream that way. You know, I'm not saying it's sinful to do that, but consider yeah. is is it revealing something about not just where your head's at, but where your heart's at as well would somebody look at your social media and come away thinking jesus is the most significant yeah you know, thing you, you know person to this person i think that's the, the question to ask i think that's really yeah and i think that's i think that's important i think the the other thing that i think is attached to that is man are you presenting yourself in a way that you make yourself unapproachable to your congregation uh, you know I, I mean we have to think about that like because a lot we're not going to know everybody to the degree that we can know some people in, you know, within, within a church context. So we want to make sure that we're people that if we're going off on a tangent constantly politically, and even though we're not saying anything technically wrong and it's just our opinion, you know, that's going to be tough for some people to ever get near you because they're going to be under the impression you kind of are a one, you're kind of on one track all the time and that's intimidating or it's distasteful to them. And so we're, we're not really being, we're not, are we presenting what you just said, the aroma of Christ? And that yeah. can, that doesn't necessarily have to mean that we're technically posting something wrong, but in the flavor and in the sort of the tone and the smell of how we, how we post things, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's important that, you know, there are people who say that people who, who are concerned about tone and all that are, yeah. are, are just weak and wusses and everything <laughs> else. But the Bible says so much about it, speaking the truth in love, it does being gracious, being gentle, all those things are important and not just optional add-ons, but commandments, things that that we're to be obedient about. So something good stuff to kind of remember as Man, we yeah. not just think about our own use of social media, but as we consider our, our people's use of social media as well. Can we make Jesus look big or do we make him look in, incidental? Or That's it. Uh, That's the know. word. That's the word. Yeah. I think we should probably say, speaking of social media to our listeners, if you feel like it, 
you know, if you've got your druthers, if, if you've had your fill of Twitter arguments, you could go leave us a good review on yeah, iTunes or Spotify That's right. or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You, you could go do that. It, it, it would take, you know, literally 30 seconds mm. to spread some cheer in our direction <laughs> that way. And certainly recommend us to your friends. Share us on social media. We would really appreciate that. Yeah. And you have been listening to The Art of Pastoring. Open now the crystal fountain Whence the healing waters flow Let the fiery cloudy pillar Lead me on my journey through You can find Ronnie and me on Twitter at, at Ronnie J. Martin and at Jared C. Wilson. Feel free to hit us up with questions and potential topics for the show. We'd love to hear from you. The Art of Pastoring is a production of Christianity Today. It's produced by Mike Cosper, editing by Mike Cosper and Aaron Leslie, mixing by Aaron Leslie. Our theme song is Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah by Jeremy Casella. <laughs>